This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Donna Deegan, Chief Eternal Optimist of the Donna Foundation and founder of Donna Marathon Weekend. You're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 209 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. We are in a training week this week. We are. And strangely enough, this is probably going to be one of my favorite ones that we've done in quite some time. No, what? You you don't like Deadpool? I love Deadpool. What? Wait, you don't like um, Yondu? I'm a fan of Yondu and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So, but this is your favorite? This might be one of my favorites oh. that we've ever done. We might get some messages about this. We may. We may. Mm. This this is going to be a controversial take, a hot take, if you will. Uh, yeah. Because on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about a virtual run. Oh, yeah. From our friends at Metal Chasers, because we've been Bill and Christina, we've been taking our time in finishing up their antihero series. Yes, and sadly enough, it is no longer available on their website. It has sold out. However, I like to think we had something to do with that. <laughs> However, there are races right now because we're heading into May. There's there's this thing, this May the fourth. This May the 5th, and I know- Revenge of the 5th. I said the dates. I didn't say, may the 4th be with you. Right. So- <laughs> That was a rewind sound. May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th. Yes, you are correct. They may have some great virtual themes and terrific medals for those dates coming up. Oh. They do. But this week we are going to be, we're going in the Wayback Machine to the Antihero series. And we're going to be talking about the Punisher 5K. Yeah. One of my favorites. If you ever watch any of our live streams, you see the comic books that are on the wall to the viewer's left, our right of the big red couch. Mm -hmm. There's actually a Punisher number one comic right up on the wall. There's actually two. There's Punisher and Punisher Warzone. That's when we do live in the on the big red couch in the living room. Or in the man cave, like you like to call it, I guess. Yes. Home theater. The home theater room, if you will. Yes. That's Fair. this week's run. But I'm <laughs> also a big fan of this week because another one of my favorite things is happening. We're talking about a food truck. Yeah. Funkadelic food truck. It's alliteration. My English teacher heart is happy. <laughs> my my former English teacher heart is singing. Yeah. So it's fantastic. And we don't really talk about, and I think we need to do more of the eating we do while we're on the road when it's a road trip. Yes. Run. Yeah. Because oftentimes we'll drive to Atlanta for Jeff's race. Oftentimes, we'll drive to Jacksonville for the Donna. I just, we have not highlighted the places that we might have stopped along the way to have snacks and such. Roadside eats. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it could be a thing. I don't know if the Runcation Nation wants to hear about it, but let us know. I'd like to know. You can let us know by emailing us at info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Or tell us what you think about. Indeed. You could, in on the email, to be fair, to be fair. To be fair. A letter Kenny reference. Looking at you, Cheryl. I, 
you can attach an audio file to an email, or you could call us with your feedback at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. Call us and let us know what you think about us doing something on Roadside Eats. Yeah. I think there's some potential there, but you guys may have other ideas. Let us know. Entirely true. And then last but not least this week, we're going to be talking about a homemade lemon drop mocktail. Indeed. For those that might be enjoying alcohol at this time. Right. And we're going to be talking about the alcoholic version as well. So that everyone is happy. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want to leave anybody out. So I think it rounds out the show very nicely. Agreed. Mm. But it's time for shout outs. Yes. We might have a couple. It is the time in the show for shout outs. We just asked for feedback, but we also love shout outs at that number and that email address. Yes. And we have a few that we have scoured the social media outlets for this week. One goes to somebody who is doing her birthday month right. Absolutely. Jojo, positively poly one on Instagram. She won her age group in her local weekend Chick-fil-A 5K. I love that. I don't know that we've had a local Chick-fil-A 5K here yet. We need that in our lives. How do we get it here? Come on, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Step up your game here. We only have have one in our city. No, no, no. Okay. That's true. We only have one. Because the other one is in Fort Myers. Which is not our city. Which is not our city. Yeah. Fair point. Chick-fil-A, not a sponsor. We'd love them to be. We love their chicken biscuits. Oh, I do love their chicken biscuits. I'm very, very partial to their chicken biscuits. Can you just have a a 5K so that we can dress up like JoJo and win, uh, possibly win our age groups? I would totally run that in like a cow costume. Me too. I would do that. Totally. (laughs) We also, you mentioned Bill and Christina Craig, but we also have to shout them out because they are (laughs) running the Rock and Roll Nashville Half. Oh, we love the Music City. Oh, Nashville. So uh, we, jealous. We need to get back for a run. They are taking care of the runcationing this week. I am very excited mm-hmm. for them. Again, not a sponsor. You guys need to go check out Acme Feed and Seed. <gasps> oh, that place has some great so food. And where, uh, where did we get? Oh, was it the Margaritaville Bar? No. No. We had lunch there, and we had some we had s- some kind of Margaritaville spirits along in Nashville. Oh, actually, you know what? You are right. We did. I could swear yes, it, it was, was Margaritaville. You're right. Okay, it was. It was quite delightful. It was. Mm, so. There's no shortage of awesome food and amazing <gasps> music there. Barbecue. Oh yeah, of course. Tacos. Of course. I just could go on, but barbecue tacos. Mm. Yes. Also, <laughs> yes. I am. I'm thrilled for them. I can't wait to see the photos that they post. That's I know. Gonna be, that's going to be great. Uh, I hope um, the weather was good, and I hope the race was awesome. Yeah. And we also have to say a special thanks to JD, who is also known as at JD seven six six picks, P I C S on Instagram. Oh uh, yes. For having us on his show this week. JD's big fat running journey. He. We're on episode four, and it, we are just so thrilled that he asked us to come on the show. We hope that you'll check it out. We will leave a link in the show notes to that. That just went live this past weekend, and I, I, I'm just always honored and, and so surprised when people reach out to us and say, hey, come on our show. Yeah. And JD is a, a friend of the show. He's a member of the Runcation Nation. You guys often see him pop in on a lot of our live streams when we're Eat. coming at you from the big red couch over on Instagram. He's just a great guy. He's he'll 
talk about yeah. running and is very real and relatable. And I'm always looking out for other podcasts yeah. to listen to. I am a huge fan of spoken word when I'm running. That takes me out of my head mm -hmm. a bit more. And it certainly helps divert my attention from the pain I'm feeling when I'm running. Give it a, a listen. I think that you'll enjoy JD's Big Fat Running Journey. Yes. Shout out to the Extra Mile podcast group because that is how we got connected in the first place with JD. Mm-hmm. We love you, and we are so grateful to you for having us on your show. So let's talk running. Let's talk running. JD's talking running. I mean, let's talk. Let, you let talked talk about running. how the spoken word diverts your attention from pain. It does. I think that this antihero had a lot of emotional pain emotional pain yeah but then also dealt some very physical pain oh you're talking about the actual anti-hero himself yes 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 i can what confirm. were you what were you thinking i, I, was I talking thought you were about. talking about the 5k itself no 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 yeah. yes that's the theme of the 5k and yes we did a 5k it was not punishing in the way that life might have been for this anti-hero. I see what you did there. Yeah, this week's 5K is one of the anti-hero series from our friends over at Metal Chasers. And this is themed around the Marvel superhero anti-hero, The Punisher. Yes. And if you are familiar with The Punisher, then this is going to be a bit of review. If you're not familiar with The Punisher, The Punisher is actually a character that started out introduced in 1974 as a villain for Spider-Man. That's how he got his start. Yeah. Much like Black Widow, same thing. Yeah. And the Punisher, the, the basic premise was that he was a New York City police officer, former military. His, his wife and children are killed in front of him in Central Park, and Ooh. he snaps. Ooh. Ooh. And he goes on a killing spree in New York and has very hard lines of black and white, right and wrong. This is a guy who, when he was introduced, would shoot a shoplifter. Very dark. Okay. Oh, see, I was thinking that he was just revenge killing. No, 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 no. When they first going, introduced him, he was legit those, a villain. Those that killed his there was some of that yeah once once you take that first step off the cliff um and this you know. is a, a little dark yeah a little dark nation but a little dark. over the years the character has grown and developed and morphed and changed and it ended up becoming a fan favorite really heading into the the late 80s early Ooh. 90s and was ended up getting his own comic book series and really following along with uh Punisher and his sidekick Microchip and what they were doing to take down crime in New York and around the world. He had a, a sidekick called Microchip? He had what is referred to as the guy in the chair. Oh, he's like the, the supporting guy that gets everything you need and exactly. tells you when the people are coming and you have to vacate an area. Or, exactly. Oh, okay. That was his, that was hit. Yeah. So popular, as a matter of fact, the character ended up being represented in three theatrical release movies. The first was 1989 with Dolph Lundgren playing really? the, the title character. Oh, yes. This is the guy from the Rocky movie, right? This is the guy from Rocky Four, yes. Yeah. And this movie is so bad it's good. It's what do you mean? This movie is awful. And I I, I don't mean it's kind of bad. It's terrible. And I've probably seen it a hundred times if I saw it once. I owned it on on VHS when I was a kid. Oh, uh, Lewis Gossett Jr.? Yes. Oh. I watched it more times oh. than I can count and wow. it is not a good movie God, it doesn't even look like him no no it also didn't look much like the comic book character either not not a good movie it was about 15 years before the next punisher movie was made and in 2004 thomas jane of uh he got popular he played and it was an HBO comedy, original comedy oh, yeah. that he, he played in. He ended up getting cast as the Punisher opposite of John Travolta playing the big bad. 
wow. in that movie. And this movie is also pretty terrible. It is not good. It's so bad again. It's laughable. <sighs> But it ended up doing really well in DVD sales. Really? Super popular. You remember those, don't you? I remember back in the day when we used to get our media on these little <laughs> Do you all on tapes those? and DVDs. And, Do you remember yeah, that back in the day? All that. But I liked this movie for <laughs> one reason. Well, for two reasons. One, it was it was actually he had a good look. He looked the part. So that I enjoyed. Yeah. But the movie was shot primarily in Tampa. No kidding. And throughout the movie, there are numerous locations that I recognize and we've been to and driven by. And it's they oh. changed it up a little bit. And in the movie, he was a officer with Tampa Police Department. Now I want to watch this. Well, like well the, we the, own the, it. The so. description on IMDb says an undercover FBI agent. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, FBI agent, but he was working on a... He, when they introduced like a him, it's a task force and he's with Tampa Police. And, okay. Yeah, but it's also not a good movie. And not a good movie. Not terrible. Like, again... So you watch it just to see, was that in Tampa? Where Do I know that where that is in Tampa? Much like or the whatever. movie Cop and a Half when that came out. That was also shot in Tampa. That was uh, oh. not a great movie. Um, the third iteration of The Punisher on the big screen was Punisher Warzone. And this was probably the closest thing to a comic accurate portrayal of The Punisher. And this was when it was uh, recast and played by Ray Stevenson, who you and I came to really like from the HBO series Rome. Rome. I loved him in that. Yeah. Oh. And he was probably the closest thing to a comic accurate portrayal of the Punisher. I think we saw this in the theater. No? We did see this one in the theater. Unfortunately, this one was also oh, Julie Benz from Dexter. Yes. Nice. But also not a great movie. Oh. The portrayal of the big bad, the, the the one of the big villains that the Punisher often deals with is a bad guy or gangster by the name of Jigsaw. The actor Dominic West plays him way over the top, like almost like a Joker. I like him though. He's great as an actor, but this script was something else because he was really great as a big bad in the Three Hundred. A big, mm-hmm. a negative character yes i don't know if he was like a the big bad. he was pretty bad but he was pretty bad so those were it was a dubious start for the punisher and on the big screen and then this little thing happened about 14 years ago called iron man oh yeah which really launched the broader amy's making a little love, heart love it heart love it if we were doing hand. it as a video podcast i'd be like hearts all around me yeah love it so Iron that Man. that was really the launch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you ended up with that movie kicking off the rest of what would go on to be a a ten year multi movie giant all encompassing story that also had some spin offs or some offshoots on television and on Netflix. And if anybody's familiar with the Marvel shows that were Netflix originals, you had Daredevil. Oh, yeah. You had Jessica Jones. You had Luke Cage. And you had The Punisher as one of those. Those and are the ones that I finally remember. There, there were a couple that were just misses. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. But who am I? Agreed. No one. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. That's... The, I'm not an expert on Marvel. You take that. Oh, I don't know about expert. I, I don't know, know about expert. But they ended up deciding instead of treating the Punisher in a movie, what they would do is do the treatment in a TV series. Yeah. Not, but not, not what you'd call PG TV. Oh no. Uh, oh no. This is if you go after watching this, if it's still out there. I don't know if it's still out there. I believe they've now brought this over to Disney Plus if you're wanting to watch it. And that's wow. been part of the controversy with them bringing it over, which is that this is pretty solidly rated R content for language violence. and violence. Yeah. And oh my gosh. It's really no different, but they ended up doing a complete recast. And I cannot remember the actor's name that plays the Punisher. John uh, Bernthal. John Bernthal, yes. Mm -hmm. He played. 
where we got to know him walking was dead. the walking dead yeah and he played the character of shane in the first what two seasons yeah and, and there might have been some flashbacks there oh there's definitely been flashbacks but yeah but the the depth that they added to that character and the intensity and what you could actually do with this character if given enough time instead of trying to cram backstory and action and violence and everything into just a 90 to 120 minute movie made you really go wow that there's a lot more to this character than just guns and explosions oh and this guy this act john bernthal huh he was so tortured he played it so well yeah. it's not a it's not a series for kids in any way shape or form but it was great yeah so all that backstory gets us to the Punisher 5K. That's to just let everybody know what the race is about. Mm-hmm. And this is one celebrating this very intense anti-hero who Indeed. over the years morphs from a villain into a hero who definitely embodies end justifying the means. So this is not somebody who's bringing people to justice. He is dealing out street justice yes. at the point at the uh, business end of a gun. Oh yeah. And with this metal chasers race and all of them, you get several things in you the do. package. You do. You of course get your medal. We have talked about that before. Yes. You get your bibs and then you have a card that you're holding. Yes. In this series and this is the first one that I recall this happening. When you get your bundle of your medal and your bib, you also get a business card size card in the package for each race. And this is like a tagline or something to connect you to the anti-hero that is celebrated in the race or featured, I guess. Mm-hmm. I should say, not really celebrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> you all know what I mean. I leave this as a declaration of intent so no one will be confused. And then there's a Latin saying. Si vis pacem parabellum. Yes. If you want peace. Prepare for war. Prepare for war. Exactly. Yes. And... Let me just tell you, that is really cool. The The card has the iconic Punisher skull, which yes. is his, that's his emblem that's red, on his chest. Red eyes. And, yeah. And the medal is, fan. I, I love this medal. They did a great mm-hmm. job with this one. Mm. It's a, what is that? A two, four, this is a hexagon, hexagonal <laughs> oh, shaped metal. We had to do a little math in our heads. <laughs> Six sides, hexagon. It's got the Punisher skull at the top. It says the Punisher 5K, and it looks like looks like almost stenciled lettering. Yeah, but it's engraved but in it's there. But it's embossed in, right? Yeah. Uh, but it has the, the font, looks like stencil font. Mm-hmm. And it looks like blood spatter on the metal itself. Yeah. And it just says the Punisher 5K, 5K being in very large letters. The It's great. Yeah. The uh, ribbon is color matched, of course. This has... It's a light gray background. With the blood spatter carrying through and the Punisher skulls and the little uh, anti-hero symbol that they devised. Mm -hmm. It's also got a very nice brush, like a brushed metal finish. That's like a gray. Yeah. Gunmetal gray. Mm Mm-hmm. Given that it's the Punisher, there's a shock there. Makes sense. With plenty of room on the back if you wanted to do an engraving, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah, sometimes they'll do, like with the series with Tony Stark's Gauntlet Challenge. Yeah, the Nano Gauntlet. The Nano Gauntlet Challenge, or with, like, you would see the engraving of a saying on the back. Yes. But this one is left for you, so you could engrave your time, you could do whatever you wanted with the back. And they also include these really nice Tyvek bibs. As we've I love talked these about before, you could run in the rain. You could run in the rain in this. It's not going to get gross. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I love these. And this, they did a great job on the artwork with the skull. And they or give it would you, look really good in one of those shadow boxes. This too. this actually is good enough. Yeah. In terms of the quality of the artwork and the quality of the metal, the shadow I box. I really that. like that a lot. So. Mm-hmm. That I think is indicative. Again, this is always indicative of the quality of work that that they of do course. over at Metal Chasers. Of but course. this is one of my favorites that we've done. Period. Yes. Bar none. 
Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I'll say is the Punisher is pretty severe as an anti-hero. Of, uh, actually, yes. Of so, all of the anti-heroes that they have, Deadpool is pretty, pretty severe, severe also, but there's always a little more humor with Deadpool because of the way the character was originally written. The Punisher True. started out as a villain, very dark. Any of the, I used to read a lot of the graphic novels and, and things from the late 80s and early 90s. The stories are very mature the themes that they talk about are very dark and it's the authors do not and and have said repeatedly that this is not a character to be idolized or emulated in any way, shape or form. And they actually, you know, are very explicit about that. And so of the characters that, that they have included in this group of antiheroes, this is probably in my mind, the darkest one. It is the darkest And I will say this as we turn to our training run and what we did with it. Uh, 5K distance for this one? Ah, Maybe you could go longer with this because longer distances are punishing. Uh I see what you did there. But it was a 5K. Mercifully. Mercifully. As we head into the late spring and eventually early summer months here in Florida. And we are getting summer junior right now. That's the summer that's, junior. That, that is the <laughs> that's the season that we're currently experiencing. You want to talk about what you did for your 5K? Yeah, so I kept it in the neighborhood and I did 555 in training for our trip to Jacksonville. So This week, I got up early, and mercifully, it was a little bit of spring left, and there was a breeze, and not so much that early morning when you step out in the summer humidity. So I was lucky, and it was just, it was a little bit before the sun was coming up, so it was still dark and a little breezy, and as I started, so I did uh, 5.55, and I tried not to really look at the splits on the watch or the time or do it for any kind of time goal. But I just wanted to run a a good 555, not keeping my walk any slower than it needed to be. I was really working on getting that to be a quick turnover and just to see that it was feeling comfortable and natural and good for me. So that's what I did with mine. You? Similar. I started with 555 for mile one, 1050 for mile two, and a 1545 for mile three, trying to finish strong and, you know, see how I was feeling. I guess I should have given an update on my knee at the beginning. I was going to say this is the perfect time for you to do that. So let me, before I get into the particulars of the run, I, I ended up going to the orthopedist and I don't know if I like what I was told or not. I'm in that weird spot where. A part of me wanted them to say, yeah, you've got an issue. We need to go and cut and fix that. Mm. The other part of me is very happy that that's not what they say. Any surgery but is tough to overcome. The other part of me is like, I don't want to hear from them. Yeah, this is your new normal. You're getting older. Yeah. So... I really didn't know what to do with that because it's definitely not right. This is a doctor, however, who's got 30 plus years. He's been amazing. He he said, and he said, he goes, I know that if I go in there, I'm going to, what I'm going to see, he goes, I'm going to see some fraying of your, of your meniscus. meniscus. He goes, is it enough to scope it right now? No. Are we going to be scoping it later on? Yes. So he's just, he's not saying no, he's saying not Not right right now. now. So I, I get it. That said, it drives me a little nuts. The good news is it's not hurting enough to stop me from running. Well, that's good. The thing that I am noticing, though, is after my run, when I stop, I have tightness and pain in the outside of my left knee. So that's... you got to work with your IT band, huh? Nope. This is in the joint. Oh. So this is part of what I'm experiencing. That Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Nice. The nice thing was, though, doing that slow pace starting out, the same thing enjoying the fact that we're still having a little bit drier air let me 
ease into it. So this was really my first, my, my first training run outside of, uh, outside of an organized race in a couple of weeks. So we've been on walks, but we haven't. Yeah. Yeah. But actual runs was Mm -hmm. a little much. And this felt pretty good. I the five fifty five for me is super easy and approachable. Then going to ten fifty, again, not bad, not a problem. And his newer book, like Jeff's newer books, have been like we've updated the run walk run ratio in because research says that thirty seconds of a walk break, anything past that is is not diminishing so much returns of a return. Yeah, but I would say that you are taking it conservatively, just trying to see what your new normal will allow you to do in finishing strong. I guess there's as much as I would have liked for them to say, yeah, we're going to scope it and fix it. I don't want to go out there and blow it out either just to make sure. No, no, I really do need it. The 1050 was nice and approachable. The 15, I don't really start feeling like really, really feeling it until you get into a 15 second run. That's when I start going, oh, okay, like a little heavier breathing, a little more sweating. Over time. like it, Over you, time. Yeah. Right. If you do it for the length of the three miles, then you might have really been huffing and puffing at the end. Yeah. And I can do, with the 1545, I'm pretty consistent. I can get my mm-hmm. pace down to about 13 minutes a mile yeah. during that that period. So I was feeling really good. I don't have any any complaints or problems 5k distance is is feeling good right now and i'm there the only thing i can really think of that i, I need to do differently or improve is i'm probably due for some new shoes now so oh, i'm i'm right uh, there with you gonna have to go and see if they've got my size down at uh, the run shop so yeah. that's coming but other than that it was just ease into it and be able to finish mm-hmm. strong and that was yeah. what I, I chose to do this week yeah and i know a lot of people out there have dealt with you have an injury or you have some kind of soreness or it could just be the new normal and whatever that is, whatever challenge that is, it, it can affect you mentally. It can affect you and you can get frustrated faster, but I think you just, it's like Jeff talks about, it's like Meb talks about in his book. You, as you get older, you can't compare yourself to your 20-year-old days. Watch me. <laughs> and You're right, though. No, I'm, take, I'm teasing. I take know. A, take it. I do it. But if we do that, then what does it get us? Right. Frustrated. Really? Yeah. Is what it'll get you. And you have to... You When you go to compare yourself against your own stats... It's not about comparing yourself to when you were in your prime. No, it really isn't. So yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm good. I'm looking forward to our next organized run. I'm very excited about it. I think I'm going to keep this up for at least a couple of weeks. And I know that I've talked about it on previous episodes and in live streams. I'm really thinking about doing another live stream event where I do just a nice, easy Galloway training cycle for a fi- like a couch to 5K to invite people to maybe come along and do that. Now, when you do that, are you going to, and you may not have decided yet, so this may be an I don't know kind of question, but have you thought about basing it on the new strategies of the third edition of his training book that was released in that 30-second ratio or in terms of walking or not? I hadn't thought about it, but I probably will only because that would keep in line with the most recent research. And that's what Jeff's all about. So you're going to tweak the interval then? I'd probably tweak the interval, maybe do a 530, a 1030, and you know, let, see let how people see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And see the benefit of that. More to come on that yeah. as we figure out what months to do it in and, and what yeah. times of day we did learn last year, the, the real difficult part of, of doing that type of an event and scheduling it for the afternoon is that our Florida weather does not yeah. like to be consistent or it's mm-hmm. consistently bad. So you end up having to push several of those runs. So bad in one way or another. Yeah, exactly. So mm. we'll let you know. That's coming. Stay tuned for more. Amy, all this talk of food. 
Or has has it made you all this talk of food has made me want to run. All this talk of running has made me want to eat. Now I, see you a food on the brain. I do. So I knew where you were going with it. It's <laughs> good. We rarely talk about eating on the road when we have a road trip to a race like Jacksonville or Orlando or Tampa or Key West for that matter. Anywhere in Florida, typically we could drive to even Atlanta, which we have done, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about road roadside options that we have found that are great. No, the closest to that, I think, is we we did feature uh, our friends at Linger Lodge. Oh, on the uh, way to Donna. A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. We did do that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. roadside food is something that I think we probably ought to tap into. Again, we want to hear from you guys and you tell us what you think. We don't have to just do it here in Florida either, by the way. That's true. But we do have a lot of options here, whether it's roadside food stands and here in Florida, you get all kinds of things, whether it's wow. roadside barbecue, smoked mullets, farmers um, markets, farmers, that pop up. Yeah, yeah, farmers markets, you name it. And we lucked out coming mm-hmm. back here to Cape Coral from the Donna. We decided we wanted to swing through St. Augustine, Florida and not too far from Downtown St. Augustine, maybe what, seven minutes of of a leisurely drive? Yeah, I just, it made me, actually, two members of the Runcation Nation gave us this idea, or gave me the idea anyway, when they were with us at the Donna. Susie and JoJo actually built into their Runcation some time to go to St. Augustine. And I thought that was brilliant, genius, to oh. see some sites. And they actually took advantage of one of the places that we have featured on the show, Osprey Tacos. Yes, they did. So I had St. Augustine on the brain thinking of them. And this time we found a like a little Mecca by the sea. Yeah, this is, I think, a brilliant idea. This is a food truck park. And it's called the the Marina Munch or Munch Marina. Dine by the water. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The sign says. And it's on the side of the road. You, you, you know, park in the, we parked on the road. And you walk over to this marina on the water and there's just a line of food trucks. It's a food truck park, basically. There was one that wasn't open. That was Uptown Scratch Kitchen. Looked like uh, cheesesteaks and burgers and things like that. Mm -hmm. There was one also that was Arepas. Yes. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Mm. And we love that kind of food. I do. So, you know. And, And then there was a German one that that looked just awesome give me some schnitzel i know that their 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 menu looked incredible yeah german street food was the name of that one but we settled on the funkadelic food shack yeah and to be clear we didn't settle we we decided decided on decided on yes because funkadelic food shack has the most eclectic menu I think I've seen in a food truck in quite some time. There's a bunch of stuff on here that I would just love to have. And let me get back to the park for just a second. Yeah. The park itself, they have like a crushed a crushed shell drive driveway where the trucks are parked. Like from the ocean shells. Yeah. And then they have a permanent dock and a marina built and the perm and the seating area out there is is uh, they have some picnic tables. Picnic tables yeah. and like a bar built into the the dock. It's very, where you can very sit cool. And eat if you're like a party of one. Right. Super cool. Look out at the water, look at the boats. You could boat up right up there, dock your boat, go up and eat and then leave. How what a great 
idea. And there's such variety and they're dog friendly too. Yes, they are. We did get to meet some cool dogs while we mm-hmm. were there. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the the park. But yeah, Funkadelic Food Shack. <sighs> when you look at their menu. I want to go back. Their menu that we took a picture of that was uh, like standing against the the, food the sandwich truck. board. Yeah. yeah, the sandwich board. It says where the chefs eat is, is their tagline. I believe it. And I believe it too because uh, OG grilled cheese, OG shrimp sliders, lump crab grilled cheese, and when you uh, uh, a fish sandwich and fish tacos. Just listen to the fish sandwich. Blackened fresh catch. House slaw, avocado, pickled red onions, gochujang on a brioche bun. And you can add goat cheese to that? hey I know. And you can do the same thing to your tacos. See, I was eyeballing the lump crab grilled cheese. Yes. Wild caught lump crab, caramelized onions, provolone, goat cheese, funk sauce, House-made pepper jelly on Asiago cheddar cheese bread. That sounds amazing. They're they're breaking so many rules there. Like you never have seafood? It's so wrong, but it's so right. Yeah. They also have some, if if that's enough surf for you, they had some turf options. They had something called the Freddy, which was a brisket and short rib blend burger patty with applewood smoked bacon, avocado, provolone, goat cheese, funk sauce, pepper jelly on that same... Asiago cheddar cheese bread. And you could add a local egg. You could do a double patty, or you could even top it with, if you wanted to do surf and turf, top it with fried or blackened shrimp or some of that lump crab meat. Oh boy. From a food truck. It's, it looks incredible. From a food truck. I'm going to say that again. Coming out of there. (laughs) But we opted for something a little lighter. It was unique to see all of their different offerings. There was a sticky rice bowl that just looked beautiful. Thai jasmine rice, Thai jasmine sticky rice, avocado, pickled red onion, seasonal salsa, cabbage, house-made pepper jelly. And it does come normally with funk sauce. Yeah, but that's like a aioli, as that's I That's like an aioli. So we didn't have that. We got that base with the pepper jelly only. Mm -hmm. And then you can select your protein. You can do a blackened fresh catch. You can do fried or blackened wild caught shrimp. You can do the whole thing with just beet fries. Or what we had, which was sweet potato and quinoa fritters. Yes. Hello. Let me just tell you, if you can imagine the best hush puppy that you've ever had in your life it's better (laughs) because it's moist i imagine that's because of the quinoa and sweet potato combination yeah but it's a fried it's fried it's like a fried ball of magic that's a good way to that put name something like that on the menu they have galactic tacos What's wrong with the fried ball of magic? I've had some, you're absolutely right, because I've had some really dry hush puppies in my life. And these were perfect. Mm. They really were. They were so good. And it, it treads in that territory between a hush puppy and a falafel. True. Very true. You know, it's kind of the it way I looked at it. It was beautiful. The avocado was so fresh. The rice and the sesame seed and... See, I love... I grew up eating so much Thai food because my mom's best friend and our next-door neighbor was first generation off the boat from Thailand, and she used to make sticky rice all the time, like every day, and I grew up eating sticky rice. I love sticky rice. And when I see people... When I see that bagged rice that you know is all individual grains nothing sticking together doesn't really taste like much of anything it just makes my heart hurt because i know how good like a good sticky jasmine rice can be so good yeah so this was phenomenal i loved it and i loved that pepper jelly and it wasn't really super spicy it was more flavorful a little bit of a kick but not bad than anything else i just think 
it's it was fantastic. We actually asked for more, and just the freshness of the veggies and the avocado and the pickled onion just adding that extra layer of tartness and then the softness inside of the fritter and the slight sweetness and the crunchy texture all of it together was just magical it was Mm. and i'm going to give credit where credit is due oh go for it i'm ready for you because i know what you're gonna say i am on record on multiple episodes of course on multiple live streams mm-hmm. in life in real life irl as the kids like to say and i'm about to make amy spit out her water here <laughs> i don't like beets you don't and i don't either generally they are deceptive we have there's one episode where we have had them at sanaa yes in a salad where you actually like them. Well, it's a one. different kind of beet. One. Yeah, those are golden and beets. And that was a golden beet. And they still taste like dirt. Not a red beet. Well, on their own they did, but in that salad they were just... They were magical in that salad. Whatever they yeah. did was magical. I don't like beets. No, you don't. But they were offering on the menu, they had beet fries. Whoa. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. Let's try it. Oh. I still don't like beets, generally speaking, but I would get these beet fries every time I go. And they're, they call them beet home fries. Yeah. And they're served with funk sauce, although we got the jelly. We got the pepper jelly on the side. And they had fresh herbs. You could add goat cheese, too. Come on. Everything is better with goat cheese. Everything is better with goat cheese. Yeah, but we didn't. I think that there's something that happens with their frying process where it does a number on the sugars inside the beet Mm. where it actually intensifies and makes the beets actually sweeter. Because you I don't, think? I don't tend to find beets. I, I know that beets are high sugar content, and and that's they're referred to as sugar beets. They're referred there is beet sugar. I generally think they taste like dirt. These did not. These had a, an undertone of dirt, but they were sweet, and they were their their texture, that crisp exterior, the soft interior. These were fantastic. They had a Japanese spice blend in in there. Togarashi? Yeah. I guess is how you say it. And gosh, please forgive me if I'm just butchering that. But it's used throughout Japan as a table condiment in the place of salt and pepper. And it's just, it, it contains Korean chili, orange peel, seaweed, ginger, poppy seeds, sesame seeds. Mm. Yeah. It was so good. It really was. On there. And I I think that is part of the the way it was fried, what happens to it in the cooking process, and also the way that they spiced it, and the pepper jelly that we had with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the aioli would be the same. Oh, the aioli would have been ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I I loved the way they treated beets. Made me have a new appreciation. Yes. I'm willing to try them elsewhere. Yeah. Because of my experience here at Funkadelic. I'm Mm -hmm. also looking forward to the next time we go to Jacksonville, which is coming very soon. Yeah. Because we can make our way through St. Augustine. St. Augustine and have some delicious food from the Funkadelic Food Shack. We can. And I hope we do. And if anybody is at the Donna or you go to the Gate River Run, let's say, anything like that. You can have great food on your drive if you are one of those who have driven in or have built in so smartly a couple of days where you can go to neighboring cities around Jacksonville. And St. Augustine is a must go as it is considered the oldest city in North America. Mm. 
you really want to go there for the historic value. Plus, there are some amazing places locally there as well. We've talked about Osprey Tacos. Yeah. We have, what is it, Old Code Brewing uh, yes. that we have featured on the show in the past. There's also St. Augustine Distillery. Oh, so there are, And there's a Columbia restaurant there. There happens to be a Columbia restaurant oh, there as get well. Get a 1905 salad. <laughs> Do it. And so a pizza Manhattan. We are, we're big fans of yes. that area, and we highly recommend that you go there. But now so you got something good. else to try if you are in the mood for a funky food truck funkadelic food Food shack shack. is absolutely a must do when you're in the saint augustine area everybody and we have links in In the the show show notes notes. yes check out their menu we have some artwork also or some examples in our episode artwork we do check that out as well you will not regret it oh yes now all this talk of food has it made you thirsty? It has. It thirsty. Has. What what can you do about that for me? I can supply you both a mocktail and a cocktail to wet your whistle. Let's do this. So as you all know, if you have listened to our show for any length of time recently, we are currently into mocktails, non-alcoholic beer, because we're on the 75 hard challenge. Less than three weeks to go. Mm-hmm. So we have indulged in some alcohol-removed spirits, wine, and beer. One of our favorites is Free Wine from freewine.com. And we have featured them on the show before. This time we try the Chardonnay in a mocktail. Yeah, these are not just grape juice with extra steps. These are actually... Which is also good in a different way. Yeah. We've had sparkling grape juice. We've mm-hmm. actually done things on the show with sparkling grape Mimosas. juice. Mimosas, yes. But this actually comes very close to approximating the flavor of actual Chardonnay. It does. It really does. Now, we have not professed ourselves to be wine experts, but we've had some Chardonnay in our day. Yes. we're There, there are... If you have a Venn diagram of us and people who know things about wine, those two circles don't intersect, okay? I mean, There's no overlap. We've had some. We talked about some really nice wine we had with JoJo in Atlanta over the Jeff Galloway weekend this past year, this yes. past December. So it's very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. But we don't know anything about it. We, we can't give you expert descriptions or reasons why certain wines are the way they are. That is just, we're working on it. Yeah. But in the meantime, free wines does a great job though. And we, again, they are not a sponsor of the show. This is just a product we have found while we're on the 75 hard challenge and we're not personally having alcohol ourselves. This is a great option. And the fact that they provide on their website, recipes for mocktails so exciting super cool i love it this particular recipe which is called sugar kisses is made with their chardonnay and is also made with lemon juice and it also has a sugar rim if you look at the photo but it is also made with with bitters a dash of bitters Mm mm-hmm and that is just magical. I didn't think to ever combine wines with bitters. No. At all. No, typically you wouldn't think to do that. But I think that the bitters gives you some of that spice. And spice like heat, spice uh, flavors. And also some color. It adds a, a mm. little depth of color to your it does. to the mocktail. It really does. And it just makes it, it looks appetizing. And the picture on their website actually has the sugar rim and a martini glass. Very fancy. It looks like they have added like red food coloring or have done it with some kind of candies that are red. But, and it just looks like sugar. But. I think we did very well to try to rim the glass with turbinado sugar. I'm a fan of turbinado sugar because the grains of the sugar tend to be larger. 
I love the slight vanilla molassesy kind of thing that you get from Turbinado, which is yeah. like a uh, brand name for it is like sugar in the raw. Yes. Yes. You know, you, you get a different textural component. You get a little bit of a different flavor as well. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. And they actually, they use lime juice in the recipe. We used lemon juice. You got to use what you have. Yeah. We ran out, ran out of limes that day. <laughs> But it's good, though, because you have the simple syrup, you have the bitters, you have the sugar rind. You are also going for a markedly lemon drop outcome as well. Yes. And I believe I achieved that. Oh, 100%. 100%. And this, again, great op- or a great option for people who are looking to not have an alcoholic beverage Mm -hmm. but are looking to have something that they could sip on especially as the weather starts to get a little more warm yeah something like that's very nice i don't think you could do this at a cocktail party and the people who are the designated drivers they feel like they're apart still designated drivers maybe expectant mothers these are great options here and there's plenty of reasons why if you're entertaining you would want to have some non-alcoholic mm-hmm. options. It's a, something. It's that social component to eating and drinking that it's hard to ignore. And I think that it gives people something that is visually appealing, mm-hmm. tastes great. Yeah, is not. It's indulgent without being a quote unquote bad. You're not. You know, right. You're not fibbing, and you can fit right in. You don't look like the odd man out in that social situation. Yeah. You, I just like this recipe, but if you do want, if you do want an alcoholic beverage, if you are the designated one celebrating an accomplishment, what have you, Mm -hmm. then we do have in the show notes, an actual recipe from food network for a lemon drop cocktail. And it really is. I This is the version of the cocktail that we make here at home. Because sometimes sometimes we like to do a martini night here in the Costin household. And sometimes those martinis are classic preparations. Other times we want to go something a little less intense. Martinis generally are a spirit and a mixer, both of which are spirits. So they can be dangerous. You, you got to be mindful of that. Yeah. Uh, but a lemon drop is approachable. It Your mixer is lemon juice as opposed to lemon cello or a lemon spirit. Which you could do. You sure. Sure you could, but I'm trying to. I get it. I'm trying to mellow the yes. drink a little bit. I see what you're doing. And the recipe that we use is the one from Ina Garten, who is known as the Barefoot Contessa. Oh, yeah. On Food Network. And classy. Yeah. She's great. Her The stuff that she does on her show is fantastic. Mm. But this one is so easy. It's basically vodka, lemon yeah. juice, and, and sugar. That's it. And I like the fact that she's she's funny. She's very, very fancy and very proper. But then she's like, and put your vodka in the freezer. Yes. <laughs> she says, keep it in the freezer. And that's, it's a great tip because that way you don't have cold. to. Yeah, you've you've got super cold spirits going into your beverage and it makes it very easy to do tasty now i also like the fact that you could theoretically pre-mix this yeah and i think if you watch the video that we link to on the recipe she's talking about mixing it in a pitcher yeah. and keeping it cold in the refrigerator because she does a lot of stuff on her show for entertaining mm-hmm. so i think it's a, this is also a great one for entertaining that yes it's a lighter cocktail it's very easy to drink. This one, I think that if you're doing a classic lemon drop, you probably do the you do the regular table sugar to mm. give it more of a I don't know like a crystalline look to it. If you're going for that look, and I've seen one version, and I, I'm crossing the streams a little bit. I've seen one version where like they'll rim the glass with the regular sugar, but they'll also do a little bit of lemon zest in the sugar that you're doing for the rimming. Oh glass. yeah, so you get the hint of the the fruit. So that's something to consider if you're looking at making this. Mm-hmm. So 
Anyway, you, we have links. We have links in the show notes. We have you. links to freewines.com so you can see all their recipes and you can see their disclaimer about free is vegan and is there any alcohol in free and all although they remove the alcohol during their fabulous process, you should always consult a doctor before ingesting any of the disclaimer, products. Disclaimer, disclaimer, yes. attorney speak. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's all of that. Because it's alcohol removed, they got to cover all their bases. Absolutely. But I will have, we will have show notes and links to all of these things in the drink segment. And they're fabulous. So do us a favor, Runcation Nation. Don't forget the Mother's Day 5K and virtual your way on Mother's Day weekend is coming up. You have both virtual and in-person events that are still available. And we have a special discount code for you. Learn more about the race weekend by going to runeatdrink.net slash Donna. You might know who we're talking about. She introduced us at the very beginning of the show. Oh, and we thank Donna Deegan for providing our intro today and going forward because we might use it again. But you can be a part of this race weekend in person or virtually. And our discount code, like Dana was talking about, exclusively for members of the Runcation Nation, run, eat, drink, all one word. Use run, eat, drink for 5% off an entry, either in person or virtually. There's a registration button right there on runeatdrink.net slash Donna. And if you just want to donate and you can't really be a, a part of the virtual or in-person rant, uh, race events, there's a link just to donate to the Donna Foundation too. And that's going to wrap up another great episode. I told you this is going to be one of my favorites. Yeah. We are going to talk to you guys next week. We may be doing some recording from the road. Yeah. So stay tuned for more fun, more running, eating, and drinking next week. Thank you so much for listening, for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe and well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're run, eat, drink, pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash podcast accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.